At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Tuesday, May 11th, and the two best teams in baseball are the St. Louis Cardinals and the Boston Red Sox. What the hell? I'm Jack McMullen, Peter Apple with me, as always. The gambling man, who is, uh, you are showing more and more personality with each TikTok, and it's like so fun to watch that. I don't even care about the picks anymore. I just like how you're delivering it. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I feel like when I first started, because of course, I'm in my room alone, making picks and I have to kind of create my own energy and at first it was a little bit weird I didn't really know exactly how to do it but doing it every single day yeah uh, you know you find more areas that you're good at areas that you're not you know there was one where I was in bed um some people liked it some people didn't but what's more important is that we're 65 and 52 dude mm-hmm. like pretty good winning at 56 percent when do I become the best MLB handicapper in the world what percentage is that probably like 70 is that that high I have no idea. Me neither. I guess we're going to find out. And you need a much larger sample size. Like, I think we need to get through this season in its entirety. Yeah, I think you're right. But what is also going to be funny is that I'm 65 and 52 on on May 10th. But September 12th, I might be 1,045 and 975. I think that'll be a funny TikTok when my record starts getting into the triple digits of the amount of games. Yes, and we're going to hit a point, I promise, where you're going to stop including the record in your in what you're saying. You're only going to post it up top and just let people take that. Now, I have a question. 
I really want to guest pick. Um, I want to host one of these TikToks at some point, either this week or next. Is that a new number or do we add that to the project the plate totals? What do you mean? Is that a new number? Like, am I going to be two and one and you'll be 65 and 52? Or if I go Mm. two and one, are we going to be 67 and 53? I think, I think there's two different avenues that we can do this. I have my picks versus you. And we almost start over going forward. Who's actually the better baseball picker or we get together and use both of our minds to create the greatest gambling picks in the history of baseball. Jesus. That sounds like a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. I just put (laughs) on us right from the get go. I mean, I put it on myself. I was like, I'm going to do three picks every single day. And I mean, if my record tanked, don't I kind of look like I don't know what I'm talking about? Yes. But the record's good. <laughs> the record's good, happens Jack. for a reason. Uh, we've got a kick-ass episode in place. A lot of people want factor flukes for their respective favorite teams. So we're going to do that. We've got six on the list and a, a couple that I'm really passionate about. And then a couple of that you are really passionate about, which will be great. And then I'm going to throw a fun hypothetical at you that, you know, is kind of like pick your top five relievers but with more of a twist. So there are other factors that play into it. And I posed you this hypothetical yesterday. So you had a chance to rack your brain in in the research portal or, uh, you know, whatever you're looking at. So it's going to be a really fun episode, man. You want to jump in? Really fun episode. I'm actually very interested because Jack McMullen, you are the voice of the high A Fort Wayne tin caps. One of the the San Diego Padres, one of the voices, but the voice near and dear to my heart. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious, what have you seen so far? I, I know you were talking about Spencer Torkelson, the guy went 1-1, just whiffing all the time. What have you? What are you seeing right now? Yeah, well, first of all, it's just really fun to yeah. be around that and, you know, be be watching these guys and be the voice on the, the stream or the telecast of that. Um, it's great. And I got to see the Tigers system, really, because there were, I think, three or four of the Tigers' top 10 prospects on that high A team, West Michigan, and I think seven of the top 30 were on that team. And I get to do the same thing with the Indians, too. I know. So I get to see seven of the Indians' top 30 prospects this week um, at high A Lake County. And then I saw seven of the top 30 Tigers' prospects in Fort Wayne at Parkview Field um, for West Michigan. And I saw Anderson Espinosa's first outing in a minor league game since 2016. And the guy still has it. So His cool. First pitch back 96 miles an hour. We were just talking about that. Remember when we were saying, I mean, what's going to be like, where's his velocity going to be? He hasn't pitched since 2016. He's had so many injuries and, and you know, more than I, and he's back throwing 96. Was it, was it, how good was it to just see that? It was amazing because of how comfortable he looked. It wasn't, um, you know, like when he was 18, the delivery, things were flying everywhere. Now it's so calm, compact, collected, and it's such an easy 96. He hit 97 twice. He mm. threw two innings and he hit 97 twice. And he had amazing command. He's 23 years old now. And he looked like a 23-year-old top 15 prospect in an organization I think Anderson Espinosa can make Major League Baseball and, and be really effective. Before we move on to something else, just to walk you through the shit that that guy has been through. Yeah. Anderson Espinosa was traded straight up for an all-star Drew Pomerantz in 2016. 
straight up. And this was an 18 year old. And Espinosa came, you know, obviously electric stuff. And then he tore his UCL. So he is Tommy John. He misses all of 2017, all of 2018. In ramping up um, after the 2018 season, he suffers a ruptured graft. And what that is referring to is your new UCL, quote unquote, after Tommy John surgery is grafted on. So grafting is almost like um, threading something new. I think I've showed you this. If you pinch your thumb and your pinky together and feel right straight down from your index finger, that most of the time is the tendon that they will take and thread to become your new UCL, which is a stronger ligament. But that tore on him. So rehabbing from his first Tommy John, he has to get Tommy John again. He's ready to go for the 2020 season. And then COVID hits. This guy got screwed. And now he's back in, in dealing. And it's really fun to watch. And I get to do it again this week. But just really quick, a couple of the Tigers prospects. Spencer Torkelson did not look good at all. I think at one point he was one for 17 with uh, 11 strikeouts. What's going on there? It was really bad. Um, I think it was cold as hell. And he's from Northern California. And he went to college at Arizona State. So Sunny there. He hasn't seen cold weather in a very long time. So I, I think that was the deal. But he reached base like four times in a row the last time we saw them. One guy I really want to highlight, though, is Dylan Dingler, who is the top. You love Dylan prospect. Dingler. You've been talking about Dylan Dingler. He's amazing, dude. I mean, he's a great bat and he's a freak athlete. He's a catcher with his secondary position as a center fielder. He's a catcher that ran a 6-6 60-yard dash. Some of these players are just not freaks. They're freaks. Freaks. And you know who else is a freak moving on from the minor leagues? <laughs> Wade Miley. Wade no, Miley. <laughs> Wade Miley threw the fourth no-hitter of the season so far at 34 years old and 127 days of age. He became actually the oldest pitcher to throw a no-hitter since Randy Johnson did it at age 40. And like I said, four no hitters so far this year. If you, yeah. we aren't really going to count Madison Bumgarner, even though I know a lot of people are, we're not. Um, and right now, the no hitters so far are from a group of guys who you probably wouldn't expect to throw no hitters. Joe Musgrove, <laughs> Carlos Rodon, our boy John Means, and now Wade Miley. And you know, in '84, there was well, actually Tim Kirkshen, and then I looked it up. Tim Kirkshen said there was eight no hitters in this particular year and then i looked it up and it said it was 12 so i'm not exactly sure how many no hitters are in the the season that had the most no hitters in 84 not 1984 1884 and we're already at four no hitters four and a half no hitters through the month uh what is it 10 days into may yeah and the indians the indians have now been no hit <laughs> Looks like we got to move the mound back. No hit twice. They got no hit by Carlos Rodon. Now they got no hit by Wade Miley. And there was a very cool stat about the no hitter that I saw in an article on MLB. And I just kind of want to read the stat because I thought it was kind of nuts. Yeah, that's fine. So Wade Miley allowed just one batted ball with an expected batting average above 390 during an historic night. Remember, this is the quote. It was a line out to Fran Mel Reyes in the fifth inning. And, but he's allowed an average exit velocity of 84.7 miles per hour in that game. 84.7. That's so slow. And, but the thing is with Miley, this has been a trend for him. He's actually allowing 
the second lowest average exit velocity of just 83.6 miles per hour. Wade Miley with his cutters and his and his offbeat kind of pitching style. Yeah. He's actually producing a lot of soft contact. Wade Miley at 34 years old is somehow finding, you know, his his little niche within baseball. It's so screwed up, man. I mean, like <laughs> you look at this and you say, how the hell can Wade Miley throw a no-hitter? And then you point My- to that you point to those numbers and it kind of makes sense, right? Because makes sense. yeah, the stars have to align, but the stars have to align for a strikeout pitcher. You know what exactly. I mean? Like they've got to align for John means who is near perfect. Um, but that's the type of guy that has no hit type stuff. You could look at Wade Miley's stuff and say, I don't know if that's no hit type stuff, but uh, I think what gets lost all the time is that this is a results business and it's not a, pitching ninja business pitching ninja is awesome but sometimes those balls get hit 400 feet and in the year the year where pitchers are just throwing as hard as possible you know it seems like every single bullpen has a couple guys who've thrown 100 and at least one or two starters who are in the high 90s yeah the collection of pitchers that have been throwing no hitters they don't throw that hard yep i mean joe musgrove and, and carlos rodon are no slouches and the guys like john means five yeah, guys like John Means, Wade Miley, even Madison Bumgarner. Yep. They're average, what, 90, 91? I mean, John Means actually low-key throws 95 miles an hour, <laughs> developing ace. Yeah. I want to get into our hypothetical because you mentioned that every bullpen, it feels like they have guys throwing 100 miles an hour. but And, and 100 is sometimes getting hit around now, yeah. which is crazy. So I kind of want to decipher who the top five young relievers in baseball are relatively speaking. So, you know, you might have a different age cutoff for young than I do, but here's the hypothetical that kind of covers our tracks with that. I'm assigning you, Peter Apple and myself, Jack McMullen, the role of GM of an expansion team for shits and gigs. Let's say we're bringing major league baseball to Nashville. Uh, Each team has a list of protected players, but for some weird reason, not a single bullpen arm is protected in a current major league bullpen, who are the five guys you are picking up? You know, I didn't really view it as contract things. Guys could be in the final years of their contract because it's, it's not crazy to resign bullpen. Yeah. I didn't care about that at all. I looked at age. I looked at stuff and I looked at how it will progress. I agree. I did the same. So do you want to work five to one or one to five? Let's work. Let's work five to one and I'll start. Uh, with my fifth best reliever, the guy who I would be behind at number five, Alex Reyes. Mm-hmm. Also, just 26 years old, the closer for the Cardinals has been absolutely unhittable this year. And why I love Alex Reyes, former starter, so he has a huge array of pitches to choose from. Fastball, sinker, slider, curveball, changeup. But the slider is easily the most effective, holding hitters to a 0.63 average against. Right now, he's currently tied with Ian Kennedy in Kennedy of all people for second in saves in baseball with 10. And that's only behind Mark Melanson. And right now microscopic ERA of 0.53, but his FIP, I guess is slightly higher due to the fact that he, he tends to walk guys from time to time. We get it, but this guy, if he stays healthy, he has the stuff to not only be a really good starter for the Cardinals, but with the performance he's been putting up, they may want to just keep him in that closer role with Jordan Hicks scuffling a little bit to start the season. Alex Reyes is kind of electric. And at 26, that's my guy. 
Yeah, we're going to kind of snake right now because I've got Alex Reyes as my fourth best okay. option. I'm cheating because he will be a starter in September. But you know what? Like you mentioned that five pitch mix he's got as a closer and that curveball yeah. is foul with how sharp the bite on his curveball is. Do you know, do you know how many inches of drop? Well, well, the slider is his best pitch that has like 39 inches of drop. I, I don't even know if this is possible on baseball savant. It says that his curveball has 65 inches of drop. I totally believe that. I'm like, you know what it 75 is? 75 inches tall. <laughs> he's he's he, tall it's, and lanky. He gets down on the mound and he drops the hammer. Forget off the table. How about just off the top of a six-foot person's head? Yeah, why not? Alex Reyes is, you know, I have no idea what kind of impact Adam Wainwright's curveball has had on Alex Reyes, but I feel good like point. there is some Adam Wainwright in that. That's a that's a very good point. I No one's talking about that. I bet they've – good point, Jack. We might have to uh, track down Katie Wu and ask her about that. So who's your four or five? Reyes is my four. My number five – is Michael Kopech. Mm. It's insane. Same kind of deal. Opponents are hitting 082 against his fastball. What? They're hitting sub 100 against his four-seam fastball, Peter Apple. Mm. And, you know, among other things, with that slider being really good and his stuff just has the makings of an all-star starter, and if he stays in the bullpen, he's an all-time bullpen piece, but... You know, I just want to say about Kopech that I absolutely love his ability to take like this mental reset that he did in 2020. Yeah, It it was a really unique situation and he was just going through hell with his anxiety. And I think he took that year to just kind of put everything in perspective and come back with the clearest mind that he's ever had playing baseball. And that has resulted in him not being phased that he's in the rotation or that he's not in the rotation. He was not phased on opening day when he was in the bullpen, when realistically he is better than Dylan ceases. Yeah, he is. But they made the decision to start him in the pen as with Garrett crochet, because they know that those guys will help the team the most. If they are in the bullpen at the big league level, instead of in the rotation in Charlotte at the triple A level. And he had the clarity and the perspective to say, I'm going to be so good in this reliever role. And I know that I will eventually make my way back into the rotation. I think he's a top five reliever in baseball right now. And he's got a fighting chance to be in the playoff rotation for the White Sox in October. Wow. I mean, it's, it's incredible what he's doing because he's almost like if you made Josh Hader a righty and then made him start. Yeah, that's how nasty Michael Kopech is. And I think that moves me into my number four pick. And I'm going with the airbender, Devin Williams. Okay. And yes, this season, not the best right now. The fastball is down slightly from 96 and a half miles an hour to 95. And hitters are hitting 333 off the pitch instead of 192 like last year. 3.55 ERA this year and his FIP is a little bit higher. But last year, Devin Williams was the most unhittable pitcher in baseball. He led the league in ERA with that 0.33. He struck out 53 hitters in 27 innings, and he gave up eight hits and a singular earned run. A singular earned run. 
And the changeup, there's no problem with the changeup, famously called the airbender by Pitching Ninja, who we mentioned. The changeup is still practically unhittable. It's holding hitters to a 114 batting average against the pitch. But like I said, it's just the fastball right now. I feel like he still has time to adjust. Um, I hope he still kind of regains his velocity. I don't know where that's at right now. But Devin Williams is still my guy. At 26 years old, that changeup, I just want that changeup on my team. Yeah, I hear you. I'm actually going with his bullpen mate at number three and a guy that you just mentioned. Josh Hader is a 27-year-old left-handed throwing machine. He's throwing his fastball the hardest he has in his career. Not only that, he's getting the most horizontal run he's ever gotten on his fastball, which Mm. is crazy. Like you're you're reinventing yourself with this uber hard, uber runny fastball. Oh, and he's reinserted a changeup that he's thrown like 20 I times. saw that. See, I have Josh. I'm gonna let you finish because Josh Hader, I have him at three, but the changeup, he now has a changeup now, dude. He now has a changeup, which is so weird. It's the first time he's throwing this changeup since his rookie year. Um, so yeah, we both have him at three, understandably so. I mean, this guy is a freak, and I think he'll stay a freak for the next seven or eight years. You know his changeup right now? I mean, fastball slider, you were saying about how, how good those two pitches are. The changeup actually has the highest whiff rate out of all those pitches. A small sample size. I know, but still. Like, <laughs> still, though. The fact that it's it's proving that it's going to be a pitch that he's going to continue to use all season yeah. is, is, yes, small sample size, 60% whiff rate is insane. But the fact that it's there is it's there. Yeah. And then that brings me to my number three pick. So I guess I'm cheating a little bit. I have Josh Hader too, but you gave a great explanation to Josh Hader. I will just break into James Karinchek because honestly, I would have Karinchek or Hader two, three. And then my number one, I don't know if you're going to love, but we'll, we'll get through it. We'll get through James Karinchek right now. The 25-year-old debuted in 2019 for the Indians. And ever since he's been in the league, he's been dominant. I mean, he has a combined ERA of 1.90 since entering the league with his FIP even lower at 1.20 this season, striking out 56% of the hitters he's faced. Combine that with his current ERA at 0.60. And yeah, he's a two-pitch guy, 96-mile-an-hour fastball. He throws it 72% of the time. Gets a whiff rate on the fastball at 45%. And he just, what's so great about watching Karen Cech is he is one of the best tunnelers I've seen out of any of these relievers. He he keeps his fastball up and then he breaks off this insane curveball. This curveball according to Baseball Savant, I don't know who's measuring these things. How does James Karinchek's curveball 48 inches of drop? 4 feet of drop. You got 96 at the letters and then he'll throw the curveball in the exact same plane and it'll drop to your feet. What do you do? It's like it's him and Devin Williams are so similar. It's it's the the fastballs at 96 at the letters and then they throw their changeup or their curveball and then it just falls off the table. Uh, falling off the table doesn't even give it credit. Yeah, that's the thing. So you've got uh you've got Karinchak 3, Hater 2. Hater 2. I've got Hater 3. Stay tuned for Karinchak. Wink wink. I've got Emmanuel Classe at 2. Emmanuel Classe has a four-seam fastball, he has a cutter, <laughs> and he has a slider. Emmanuel Classe sits above 100 miles per hour with a cutter and a four-seam fastball. He's got a slider at 91. Absolutely everything this guy throws is low and away to right-handed bats. 
And coming in at that velocity, you cannot touch whatever Emmanuel Classe throws you. This guy is an absolute freak of nature. And this 100 mile an hour cutter makes Kenley Jansen's 98 mile an hour cutter in the middle 2010s look like shit. I mean, yeah. it's, it's insane what he does. See, I wish I had Emmanuel Classe. Um, Emmanuel Classe, I'd probably put six. But my number one choice is a 33 year old pitching in the Bronx. A roll this Chapman is the best reliever in baseball. And I know we're looking at age, but if I'm looking at a three-year window, this is the guy I still want. He looks like he's in his prime at 33. He hasn't allowed an earned run in 12 innings of work so far. Fangraphs even has him at the lowest expected ERA this year at 0.77. And basically, he's been so good this year, he broke the formula for FIP. Just broke it. He has a negative 0.56 FIP. Obviously, it's not possible for a pitcher to have an ERA lower than zero. So what a negative fit means, it's basically just his walk rate, his strikeout rate, and his home run rate. The formula for FIP expects him to basically just give up no runs ever. He has 28 strikeouts in 12 innings. He's averaging 99.3 on the fastball. And yes, we're talking about age, but that's the highest it's been since 2017. And now he has that third pitch the unhittable splitter. And it has such a low spin rate. 1284 is the spin rate on this splitter. That's otherworldly. And it allows the pitch, like I said, just falls off the table and he throws it at 90 miles an hour. And don't forget about the bender of a slider he has too. The vertical movement on these two pitches are incredible, Jack. 35 inches of drop from two separate pitches. So we talked about the possible influence that Adam Wainwright's curveball had on Alex Reyes. Nathan Uvalde, when he had his stint, his below average stint with the Yankees, he got to 100 miles an hour with this fastball, and then he developed this splitter that became amazing. And Uvalde was like a a fringe all-star. And he learned that splitter from Masahiro Tanaka. I wonder if there's any correlation between this Chapman splitter and Masahiro Tanaka. You're making me think. I'm making you think. And now think about this. Is Aroldis Chapman a Hall of Famer? No. If Craig Kimbrell is not a Hall of Famer yet, then Aroldis Chapman is not a Hall of Famer yet. Aroldis Chapman has been a top three closer now in baseball, it seems like, for five, six, seven years. I mean, if Billy Wagner is getting Hall of Fame votes, why can't Aroldis Chapman get Hall of Fame votes? I'm not saying Craig Kimbrell won't. I think possibly both will be Hall of Famers. But Craig Kimbrell has had more blow up the years than Chapman has. You know, I actually think that it'll depend on the thinking and how that changes over the next 10 years. Because I think both those guys have like three, four years left in the tank, and then they'll be on the ballot after that. Neither of which are anywhere close to a first or even second ballot Hall of Famer. No, no, we're not Um, saying that. No, but I think the way that thinking adapts on the reliever, I mean, now like the reliever is as important as ever right? Because these guys are throwing like the majority of the innings, it feels like, as opposed to starters. So, you know, I think if the thinking comes around on the closer, um, and I think that people are valuing what Mariano Rivera did even more now, like think about if Mariano Rivera was putting up the numbers that he did right now. I mean, he would be God. He would be God. Well, he was God, but he would be mega God. Right. (laughs) Super big God, like God, but like seven foot. I think God's, God is like six three, six four. God's dad. 
<laughs> yeah. Not, not Jesus. And then there's God, <laughs> actually God's dad. No, please. Mr. God was my father. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but my number one closer in baseball, James Karinchek. I cannot get enough of this guy. He How fun is he to watch? Pitches. He's so fun. James Karinchek throws two pitches and he throws them in two locations. He throws yep. a fastball at the top of the zone. He throws curveballs at the bottom of the zone. And he's leading relievers in strikeouts and has a sub one ERA. And he's 25 years old. And this guy is just stupid. It's insane what he does. And he's a muscular freak. This guy is built to last forever. I cannot get enough of what he does. I, I'm a little bit bummed you don't. I, we, we were doing age, which is very understandable, but you didn't have Chapman in your top five. I just and didn't what, see... what my thinking was behind the Chapman thing was we have a three-year window, I would say, on relievers. Because yeah. in general, relievers aren't guys who last 10 12 years in the league. I mean, I remember on our previous episode, we were giving out a 13 year contract and you would obviously never give it to a reliever. So I was thinking age matters, but I'm not going to hold it against a guy who's just been absolutely unbelievable now for, for a while. And especially this season, I mean, this season, he is the best reliever in baseball right now. Yes. I mean, he's throwing 102, like there's 102 with, with a slider and a splitter. He's unhittable. And, and we're talking about tunneling. We talk about it a lot with Devin Williams. We talk about it with James Karinchek. These guys just throw high fastballs, and then you get an off-speed pitch that you could throw on the same plane and then just have it dart into the into the you know bottom of the zone. That's how you tunnel. Younger kids, if you guys just want to pitch, develop a very hard high fastball and then just figure out how to throw your off-speed off that pitch in the same plane, and you'll be a major leaguer because that's what everyone's doing these days. <laughs> uh, pitch tunneling is something that every – youth pitcher should be looking into and every um you know coach of i'm not necessarily going to say little league but if there's a high school coach out there high school pitching coach that doesn't know about tunneling um then you're just not doing your homework right i think that you know the idea is regardless of skill set regardless of velocity on your fastball regardless of bite on your breaking ball anybody can improve their results if they make pitches look the same coming out of your hand and something that you exactly. always talk about in youth baseball is don't slow your arm down when you're throwing a changeup. Don't slow your arm down. Don't try and do anything different when you're throwing the curveball. just let it go. That's what it is. Everything's got to look identical coming out of your hand. And from there, the stuff doesn't have to be great. You can still get outs if everything looks the exact same. Baseball is cyclical, so as soon as everyone starts tunneling, now it's going to be now it's so easy to hit in a couple of years. But the thing with pitch tunneling is that I don't think the human eye will never adjust. Because what do you do when you're facing Devin Williams or James Karinchak? Because you have to be ready for 96. Yep. But then they'll drop 80 on you. And then what do you do? And you were talking about Reed Detmers. Remember what he was talking about, about the three different speeds. Yep. It's just, it's almost... No matter what you do with your swing, no matter what you do with your approach, it's just so hard to hit. It's so hard. It's stupid. And I'm telling you, maybe we have to move the mound back a foot. No, never. <laughs> Not on your life. Never. Uh, let's wrap up with Factor Fluke, and we're going to go through this you know, semi-rapid fire, I guess. I've got three teams in this list that I'm passionate about. You've got three that you are passionate about. So uh, we'll kick it to each other, and we will just let each other rant. So, Pete... 
you've got two American League East teams and you've got an NL East team. I mean, you are supplanted on the East Coast now. Good for you, man. I know. And it's it's funny. And I'm actually going back to California in a couple of weeks, which I'm very excited about going back to Santa Barbara. I'm going to see Dustin Demeter, maybe the best hitter in the nation right now. Dude, dude is hitting 370 at the University of Hawaii. We've had him on the show. He's destroying baseballs. It's going to be his last um, his last series ever for his college career because the guy's going to get drafted um, at Cal Poly at the end of May. So I'm very excited to be back in California, but I am very East Coast-ish. You know, yep. we're in New York City, very East Coast-ish. So let's start with the Toronto Blue Jays, who are absolutely a fact. The Blue Jays have played a really tough schedule so far. They've played the Yankees twice. They've played the Red Sox. They've played the Royals. They've played the Rays. They've played the A's. They've played the Astros. You can make an argument those are all the best teams in the American League. And plus, they play half their home games in Florida, so they don't even get the home atmosphere of being at the Rogers Center. This team is loaded with hitting talent. Bo Bichette, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, Loris Gurriel, Kevin Biggio, Marcus Semien, and they're still due to get George Springer back. And they have the second best run differential in the division for a reason. This team rakes, and they're probably just one big starting pitcher addition away from being an elite contender. And when I call them a fact, I don't actually think that they're going to make the playoffs. Oof. But I think that next year, you get Nate Pearson, you get Alex Manoa. I think they could possibly win the division next year. I think it's still going to be a little bit challenging with the Rays and the Red Sox and the Yankees in that division to get that second wild card. You still have the A's and the Astros fighting away in the AL West. And I believe that the A's and Astros are definitely here to stay. So it might not even be the Blue Jays' fault, if that makes sense, that they don't make the playoffs but I still think they're a fact. I still think they're, they're good. Yeah, I I do agree with you. I think they're good. They need pitching at the deadline. Yeah, they if just they... need pitching. And Julian Merriweather being out, Kirby Yates going down as soon as they got him. It's yeah. just like this team just doesn't have enough pitching. But when you look at their offense, it's it's one of the most loaded lineups in the league. Yeah, and I think a lot of their success and a lot of their getting out um, of this like 500 mediocrity has to do with Teoscar Hernandez getting back in the swing of things because he did yep. miss three weeks in April. And then George Springer finally getting healthy. That's a huge aspect of that. I'll take us to the LA Angels. And I am slamming the panic button on the Los Angeles Angels. Their offense is really good. They're top five in the league in OPS. They're top six in the league in terms of not striking out. So they're putting the ball in play. But they're one of three teams in baseball with a staff ERA over five. The other two teams in Major League Baseball with a staff ERA over five are the Detroit Tigers and the Colorado Rockies. That's that not a is, good list to be on. That's terrible company to be in. Mike Trout has been the best baseball player on planet Earth for the last nine seasons, and they have made the postseason once when he was 22 years old. Of the six guys that have started a game for them this year, four of them have an ERA over five. The LA Angels are wasting the career of the greatest player of our generation. And they're also maybe going to waste the career of the greatest unicorn we've ever seen in Shohei Otani. Yep. So not only are you wasting maybe the greatest player of our generation, but you're also wasting the Babe Ruth of our generation. <laughs> yes. 
So they're figuring out a way how to get the absolute best players on earth and not win. And they're wasting Anthony Rendon, who's really good. Who's like maybe a top, like easily a top five third baseman, like an absolute stud. Yeah. And then you still have like Jared Walsh at first is still good. Yeah. I, like, David Fletcher, still good. They just forgot. They forget about pitching. Andrew Heaney actually is okay. Yeah, but like. That's my compliment for their pitching stuff. <laughs> Dylan Buddy I, and Heaney are okay. <laughs> as, uh, as a Jose Quintana truther, it oh, hurts God. me to say that that guy just needs to hang it up. I mean, he can't get outs. He can't get big league guys out. <laughs> what, are you, what are we doing here? I don't know. All right. Moving on to the New York Mets. The New York Mets are absolutely a fact. I mean, just go around the diamond. James McCann, Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, Francisco Lindor, J.D. Davis, Brandon Nemo, Dom Smith, Michael Conforto. There's no weaknesses in that lineup. You go to the rotation. Jacob deGrom, Carlos Carrasco, Marcus Stroman, Noah Syndergaard, David Peterson. There's no real weaknesses in that lot in that rotation either. You're not even you're not even talking about Taiwan Walker who's got a sub three ERA. I can't even believe I just forgot about Taiwan Walker. I mean, there's no weaknesses in that rotation. Then you move to the bullpen. Trevor May ERA under two. Edwin Diaz, pretty good, kind of, kind of. <laughs> Got a inconsistent, but still good. Jerry's Familia ERA under two, and they're getting Seth Lugo back from injury. This is just a story of guys struggling right now offensively. Lindor's hitting 194. Conforto's hitting 237. James McCann's hitting 210. McNeil's hitting 217. Dom Smith is hitting 222. Jacob deGrom is now hurt with a lat injury, but he should be back soon. Um, it doesn't seem that that bad but the Mets are absolutely here to stay. That roster just by itself is way too strong to discount Francisco Lindor. Although those guys I named are not going to continue to hit sub 240. Lindor is not going to hit sub 200. These guys are all going to heat up. These guys are all going to heat up come summertime and you're going to see the Mets start to get in a rhythm. And the New York Mets are going to at least compete with the Braves to win the NL East. Okay. That's where I'm at. Let me go to the Chicago White Sox because, I mean, fact, um, with how horrid the Twins have looked, there's no one that can realistically supply, supply pressure on them in the division. Cleveland has maxed out their potential at four games over 500. And yeah. like we mentioned with Wade Miley, they've gotten no hit twice. Yeah. Wade Miley, <laughs> no hit the Indians. The White, oh, Sox, God. the White Sox are the fourth best scoring offense in baseball, and they're the second best run scoring defense in baseball bullpen is absolutely insane we just got a note from our friend colby olson uh, pretty much saying that aaron bummer is zach Britton in his peak and like i couldn't agree more all this dude does is throw this 98 mile an hour sinker that gets ground ball after ground ball after ground ball it's insane and the rotation is four or five strong you know i'm still banking on dylan cease to figure it out but if he does he is figuring it out he's good He's got crazy stuff. Um, I really love that there's going to be this competition at the five spot between Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech. I'm so here for that. Uh, And Giolito is just going to, you know, he's struggling so far. But that's fine because he's still Lucas Giolito. And you know that, like, he's going to put together seven innings of shutout baseball next time he's on the mound. And that's that. So, yeah, the White Sox are a fact. I thought he was going to win the Cy Young. I picked him at the beginning of the year in our gambling episode. 
But also the thing about the White Sox is they're still doing very well for a team who's, like we said, best pitcher has an ERA, which is what, north of five. And then they're, you can make the argument that two of their best players, Luis Robert and Aloy Jimenez are both out and are going to be out for at least a couple more months. And they're still finding ways to win games. And I mean, they have the best run differential in baseball at plus 53. Not only are they winning games, but they're winning games by a lot because they're just a really good team. And they're, I love the Yankees and I'm about to get into um, my Yankee pick right now, but this is looking like one of the best teams in the American league. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I agree. Uh, Let's save your Yankees for the finale because I know how passionate you are about it. Let's roll. Uh, I just want to hit the St. Louis Cardinals real quick because I could not say fact about the St. Louis Cardinals quicker. Right. There there isn't a weak spot in that lineup right now. There isn't. No, with that outfield getting healthy, Harrison Bader being back. I mean, Bader can't really hit, but what he does on the defensive totally makes up for what's going on in the offensive. Dylan Carlson, hands down, is your rookie of the year. Oh, my God. Dylan Carlson is amazing. Pitching is lightning. And somehow, Yachty Molina and Adam Wainwright have been sipping from the fountain of youth. Wainwright goes eight and a third. Like, what the hell is going on? But I love it. I can't get enough of it. Thank God Nolan got out of Colorado. This guy deserves all of that. So does Paul Goldschmidt. I mean, Goldschmidt never really got his fighting chance in Arizona either. So seeing those two kick ass with Tommy Edmond, who I love, Tyler O'Neill, who I love, and this lights out bullpen with Gallegos, Genesis Cabrera, Jordan Hicks, Alex Reyes as the closer. You know, I really like the St. Louis Cardinals, man. I think that the Dodgers and the Padres for sure, like they deserve all the credit they're getting. And the Dodgers are slipping right now, but they'll be back and they'll still win 100 games. They'll be fine. Everyone's worried about them. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Uh, Trevor Bauer's worried about them. They'll be like (laughs) the whole thing. This is like the greatest baseball team I've ever seen in terms of roster construction in my entire life. Yeah. Like, I, I know that they're sputtering right now, but the reason they were on like a 12 game road trip, nobody even understands. They were playing so many games in a row on the road and they just had a couple bad series. And you it's ran the into Los the, Angeles Dodgers. They ran, will be fine. I promise. You ran into the buzzsaw that is Freddie Peralta too. Exactly. I mean, you're screwed <laughs> if you see Freddie Peralta, but yeah, I mean, you know, just kind of tying a bow on that Dodgers and Padres deserving of all the credit that they're getting, but the St. Louis Cardinals can absolutely make it out of the national league of the stars align. And you mentioned, I mean, the Cardinals are eight and two in their last 10. They're, they're one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. Yadier Molina hitting yeah. 329 at 38 years old, Jack. Yeah. Yadier Molina. I mean, first ballot hall of famer, no doubt, but it's kind of like, is Yadier Molina top five catcher right now? Yeah. I mean, like kind of like he's, <laughs> if, it, if I want someone to command my pitching staff and if you're hitting 330, like, that's my guy. That's who I want at catcher right now. But we talked about the Cardinals. We've talked about all these different teams. Let's talk about how the New York Yankees are a fact. After opening the season 6-11, and 11, they have since went on a 12-5 and five run to bring them back up to second in the division. And during this stretch, Jack, they're number one in homers. They're number one in WRC+. Plus. They're number one in WHIP. They're number two in FIP and XFIP. And they're number four in ERA. Giancarlo Stanton is a train. 
his average exit velocity this season is 98.6 miles per hour. Average, I'm going to say that again. His average exit velocity this year on all of the balls he's hit in play is 98.6 miles per hour. That's the most unbelievable stat I've ever heard. And they're still treading water with a lot of their key players hitting below their pay grade. I mean, as a team, they're 25th in team batting average at 222. Guys like Clint Frazier, guys like Brett Gardner, Aaron Hicks, Gary Sanchez, all hitting below two, all hitting at least 200 or below. And they, they've had slow starts from guys like DJ, guys like Glaber Torres, but they're starting to rebound a little bit. Glaber's improving on defense. DJ's finally starting to hit their stride. I mean, DJ's OPS is at 755. Glaber's is at 644. I just don't expect that to continue at all. The New York Yankees are 100% a fact, and the New York Yankees will be the team to make it out of the American League and face the Dodgers in the 2021 World Series. Oh, God. Yep. I just don't know about that. Uh, well, th- tell, me, tell me what you found wrong with the argument. I'd love to hear you. I think that there are a lot of guys kind of maxing out right now. I think that, you know, for 2021, at least, we're seeing the height of what Glaber Torres can do. Not with the power. The power is going to get back to even water. But yeah. I think 242 is the type of hitter that Glaber Torres is right now. And I think that 2022, he can come back and, and be a little bit better. I think 245 is what Judge is going to be at this year. Um, Stanton is standing on his head right now, and I'm totally here for that. But I'm just going to refute your World Series claim because aside from Garrett Cole and Corey Kluber, the pitching just is not good enough. They're fourth in Team ERA. I just don't. That's the bullpen carrying them. That's the bullpen and those two guys. You need a three and four, and I just have no idea where they're going to get it. And yeah, okay. Say bye to Florial and Davey Garcia for Scherzer at the deadline. I mean, I'm down for that. that. If you do that, great. But like, I don't know. You're you're kind of if the Yankees get Max Scherzer, it's over. It's over in the American League if the Yankees get Max Scherzer. If you have Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer, and then you're getting Luis Severino back, Corey Kluber. Sevy can be huge. Sevy can be huge. And that's the thing with the Red Sox, too. They're getting Chris Sale back. And I know we put them in the fluke category. But I have to answer this. I have to answer this to these damn Red Sox fans who are all on our TikToks just yelling at us. So first of all, the Red Sox, go look at who the Red Sox have played so far. It is an entire bed of garbage. It's mostly the Orioles and it's the Twins. Like, congratulations, you played the Orioles most of the games so far this season. And then your take, which you're you're not on TikTok a ton, but your Kansas City Royals take is going pretty viral because... We posted it, and at the time, the Royals, you know, were doing great. They have lost – they have since lost eight in a row. <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever, man. <laughs> exactly. But it's it's people being reactionary, and the Royals, we still believe are a fact. I yep. still like their team. I still like their rotation. I still like their bullpen. They still have a lot of young stars. But the Red Sox are still a fluke. Listen to this, Red Sox fans. I know I'm a Yankee fan, but we both know your team is being a little fluky right now. I know deep inside your head, you don't really believe that Eduardo Rodriguez is that guy. You don't really believe in Nick Pavetta. You don't really believe in Nate Evaldi. Do you think Matt Barnes is like the best closer ever? I, he's, really, not. he's really good right now. He's really is, good. Is he a top five reliever in our, in our ranking? No, he's not. Together? No, he's not. So. so you really look at the team and then you look past their, their great hitters. I know at the bottom of their lineup, it's pretty weak. Is this a team that's going to win the division? No. 
Is this a team that could maybe win a wild card? Also, no. Oof. That's where I'm going with. I do not think that the Red Sox make the postseason this year. All right. And that's where we end this Tuesday episode. Fantastic. Good. I hope you got to leave them with a hammer. Yeah. Uh, Follow us on social, right? Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Those are follow us on Instagram at project the plate, TikTok at project the plate. My Twitter is at Peter Apple 23. Guys, I'm at 62 followers on Twitter. Nobody cares about my Twitter. We got over 10,000 followers on TikTok and I have 62 followers on my Twitter. Yeah, man. Different mediums. Different mediums. I'm not, I'm also not good at Twitter at all. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I don't know what I'm good at, to be honest, social media wise, I guess Twitter, (laughs) I don't know. I kind of hate all of it. I kind of hate all of it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about how much we hate Twitter, but we have to be be on baseball Twitter. Right. Yeah. That that's where you get your news, right? Baseball Twitter. So that's that he's Peter. I'm Jack. This has been a great Tuesday episode where we probably pissed a lot of people off. But good. Yeah. You know what? Until Friday, everybody. Until Friday. Thank you, everybody.